Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. My name is Aaron. I'm the pastor here and so glad that you made it out today. Uh, if you're a guest with us for the very first time, we're honored that you made it out with us and uh, we're just so excited to be continuing our series called Dream House. Everybody say Dream House. And uh, we're just talking about really what God has to say about building godly homes uh, for us inside of our lives. And so we've been, uh, been, it's been fun just to kind of be here, just say hello to all those listening in the podcast world. You guys might not know this. We actually have a lot of people who don't attend our church, uh, but give towards our church and support our church. And they listen through our podcast and some live in the area, some don't, some can't come because of work or whatnot. And so we just like to say hi to them just on a fun way. And so anyway, but uh, we're excited uh, really to be kicking, uh, really continuing our series called uh, Dreamhouse Today. Today. And uh, really, we, we, the reason I did this, this came from, um, really, it was kind of an audible I pulled as kind of the, if you can guess you call me the quarterback here, I kind of came up to the line and I saw the defense and I felt like, hey, we need to kind of adjust some things and talk about what it is to have godly families. Because the more I talked to our church, the more coffees I had, the more people I talked to, the really the, it felt like one of the biggest things that were becoming attacked in our lives were our families. And a lot of people were struggling with marriages and people were struggling with kids. And I felt like, man, we just need to talk about what it is to have a godly family because God has something to say about that. And so in week one, we talked about really having an accurate view of this thing called a dream house that a lot of times we look at things or we look at these other areas and you guys will see friends or you see other family members or sometimes even maybe look at the pastor's wife and kids and they're like, man, they must just be living on cloud nine and they got it all worked out. And oftentimes, we, what we see is not reality, kind of like Instagram, you know, in the social media world that we have, we see a lot of things that are not real, but they, they make them look real. And so we wanted to redefine what a dream house was. And what we talked about was a dream house and godly standards in terms of the Bible. Really, a dream house is simply this. A dream house is a gathering of flawed individuals, right? Flawed. You and I are flawed. I'm flawed. We know our children are flawed. That's an easy given, but it's flawed individuals coming together, right? to tell God's redemptive story. God didn't design us to have a perfect life. And matter of fact, for him to, this is a good truth for you to know as a Christian, in order for God to redeem something, something bad has to happen. In order for God to show his goodness, sometimes some things have to be allowed into our lives so that he can, he can do something with it and really, uh, really show how cool and amazing God is. And so week two, we talked about last week, we talked about this idea that dream houses are built on plans, that you don't go, you and I, nothing is done of, of worthwhile, nothing God does in, in, a, in a way to, to show off his glory on accident, that ultimately, you and I need to know this, that ultimately we have to build off a plan. And just like builders build plans, build houses off of plans from the architect. God's the great architect of the family, and he's got some ways to be a husband. He's got some ways to be a wife. He's got some ways to be to like know how to like parent our kids and to do things with our money. He has all these ways, and you can find them in the scriptures, and those are really his plans. And we want to follow his plans on really how to build a great dream house. And so um, we talked about that last week, but today I want to talk about like, okay, hey, once you build it, you know, it's like once you build this house. How do, you, how do you keep it? How do you maintain it? How do you actually keep God in it? You know, because sometimes like, I, I don't know about you, but like when you get married, it seems like everything is great. And then you have kids and then it's like, where did God go? Everything's crazy, you know? And, and so sometimes we need to know how to properly take care of our, of our house. And so if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter one is where we're going to be. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Again, I highly encourage you uh, download our, the, the YouVersion app and you can get your, um, your uh, uh, my Bible notes right from the app. And so you can kind of know where I'm coming from and um, you can kind of see where, where we'll be and you can actually save them. 
But Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and uh, this is kind of the account of the creation. You know, this is kind of God's way of how he created everything. And I wanted to kind of give you, this is a good foundation for us to know when it comes to what we do with our lives. And so Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make human uh, beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish and of the sea. That's important. The birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27, notice how he, did, you know, he didn't say anything about cats. I think those came later. Anyway, so <laughs> verse 27, God didn't create cats. Anyway, so it's going to be an abomination. Okay, but verse 27, just if, if I lost you and you're like cat lover, just come back. It's okay. It's a joke. All right. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female created them. You need to know that. That's important. Just a side note. We are not equal to animals. We are, we are over animals. We reign over animals. Animals are great. They're good things, but they're not God things. And we got to remember, we were, we were, you and I, we were created in the image of God. That's interesting. All right. Number two, verse 28 says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And all the guys said, amen. All right, multiply and fill the earth. This is important. Fill the earth and govern. Everybody say govern. govern. It's important. Govern it. Then he said, rain. Everybody say rain. rain. Not like we had this morning. That's of the enemy. So the rain, we're talking about like govern, rain. You control. You and I reign like kingdom. We reign over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, this is important, okay? I want you to grab this, okay? This is, this is important. This is what, what this all means. Verse 27 says, then God said, look, I want you to pay attention. Look, lock in. You ever like when you have, like, have kids, you all know what I'm talking about? And they're like, pay attention. Like, come on, like, look at me. This is what he says. So look, I have given, everybody say given. Okay, you need to know this. God has given us, given us everything. It's from him. It says, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Verse 30 says, I have given, that's important. He says it again. Let me just tell you again. Look, look, listen, listen. I have given you green plant, every green plant as food for the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. He kind of encompasses. He goes, listen, I've given you everything. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 24. Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. We're going to put it up on the screens. It says, it says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's. Whose is it? Yeah. It was, it, it, how, okay. And then he says, and then he wants to qualify. He says, just if I haven't clarified for you, the earth is the Lord's. Let me tell you, the earth is mine. And, and, this is important, and everything in it. Let's read that again. The earth is the Lord's and everything in the world, all who live in it. So he clarifies by, by saying, so Psalms kind of, you know, this is David speaking on behalf of God. He's saying, listen, the earth, everything that we have in this world is from God. God, in the Genesis account, has given us everything. And that's important for us to note because if you think it's yours, then you treat it a certain way. But if you think it's God's, if I know that God gave me everything, including my wife, my kids, my family, my money, my health, my, my, uh, my ability to work, all this stuff, so God has given us everything, then you and I treat it differently. And so today I'm going to talk to you about great dream homes are filled with those who steward well those things that God has given you. And is that as our base, we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you, God, today. Thank you that today, Lord, you, you desire us to be incredible stewards of what you've given us. 
Father, I pray that as you're speaking to us today, God, that you would reveal to us in every way what it's like to be a follower of you. Holy Spirit, take my words and do something with them that, that only you can do. Create a, create a new uh, person inside of us that chooses to walk out your ways and not our ways. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Um, I, uh, how many of y'all out there like um, Netflix? Raise your hand. Like, kind of like, like Netflix, y'all, y'all, Netflix. You know, Netflix is a new thing that that is fairly recent in the last several years. You know, the ability to stream online movies. Now, if you don't know what Netflix is, you you know, you, maybe you live in the mountains somewhere by yourself. But uh, you you but you don't know. But Netflix is this great way to ingest um, uh, entertainment. You know, you can go online. It's got an app you can do on your phone, your iPad, and online. You can even do it on your television, and you you pick the show you want, and then they have like every season and every show. And you know, like when you just get into it, I don't know, you guys remember back when Netflix came out, like it was a, it was a movie, you know, you had to like, they mailed it to you, you know, and that was like the start of it. I felt like they were like drug dealers, you know, they say, here's just a taste. And then all of a sudden they opened up the streaming and you're like, now you're hooked. You can't get away from it. And, and, uh, but I remember before that, you know, um, there was this place and these, these buildings and there was this way you had to get movies. And it was odd because like they, they, they looked like this. And you were like, you had to go to a store called, yeah, I don't even want to call it. You know what I'm, it's like, it was, it rhymed with, you know, lock ruster, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and you had to like leave your house. Like, why would you ever leave your house? You had to leave your house. And you went to the store and then you walked in and it was blue everywhere. And then there were people behind the counter that clearly weren't trained and were way underage and you, they didn't care about you at all. And you walked to the right. I always had my flow. Did you guys have a flow? I walked in. Y'all remember? I'm taking you back, right? Teen, teenagers are like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Just go to your phone. You couldn't. So you walked in and you went to the right and then they had, you know, it was like alphabetical order or they did it by genre. And you could kind of go to the westerns if you like the western. How many of y'all like westerns out there, you know? And you went to the action section and all the ladies went to the romance, you know? And yeah, you found all those cool. And then you had like the, the hot new items. It was the new releases, you know? And every Friday night, come on, y'all remember? Every Friday night they would wake, they would come out and you'd go down there and then you'd rent it and you would get these like VHS tapes. This is back before DVDs, you know? And then you'd take them home and you'd get them. And I remember they had this funny statement. Y'all remember the... Uh, the statement before you brought it back, it was, be kind, please rewind. Yeah, yeah. People are like, rewind? I, you know, my kids will never know what that is. They will, think about this. There's a generation coming behind us that will never know what the word rewind means. They don't know what that means. What, you mean like back 10 seconds? No, rewind. Like where you put it in. They used to sell machines, y'all. Where you put them in, and it just you put, and all it did was rewind. And what was happening? Here's what was funny about that: if you didn't rewind, they charged you like seventeen dollars, <laughs> right? And so you would freak out. We got into fights. I mean, early on in my marriage, I got into a fight with my wife because she took the movie back without rewinding it, you know. And uh, but I remember what was interesting about those movies when you took them home. You you they were like gold because I don't know if you ever did this one time like my my 
I, I did not pay attention and I stepped on a VHS tape and it broke it, you know? And then like once the thing starts coming out, there's no saving it, you know what I mean? It's like you try to, y'all got good about like turning, you know what I'm saying? Y'all remember that? And, and I tried that, it broke. And I remember coming back and I, I, I you know, that's the, truly the walk of shame. When you're walking in <laughs> and I walk up to the 14-year-old guy who just got the job and I'm now submitted to his will, you know? <laughs> And I'm so mad, you know, I'm like, I'm so mad at you. And I'm like handing this, this movie over to him. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. And he goes, you know, okay, well, that's $37.95. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. I could buy that at a movie store for cheaper than that. He goes, yeah, but you got your taxes and your surcharges and all these fees, you know. And, and I remember him saying this one thing. He goes, well, it's, you know, and if you don't do it, we're going to put it on your account, you know, and it'll just charge your account. And then you started thinking about, oh, okay, you're an account. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and I started doing that more often. And then my account started having more and more money. And then, you know, you just leave and you start up at Hollywood Video. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, I shouldn't, that's not a pastoral thing. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm not, you can't do that anymore. Hey, Netflix takes your money every week. So uh, why did I tell you that story? Oh, yeah, Okay. So God, you know, the reason it's, you know, the reason you and I really valued those movies is because they weren't ours. And when they weren't yours, you, 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 isn't it true? Isn't it true that you tend to like, if you're borrowing something from someone, you tend to treat that way better than it probably is for what you would probably have it. You know, like whenever I have kids over from other people's houses, you know, I'm highly cons- like sensitive to the fact that like they don't know us and this is their kids, and I got to be really careful with what I do with, like, these kids because, like, although I might wrestle and punch with my kids, like, other people's kids, they probably don't even know what that is, and so, um, which is a shame, but, like, they need to get, you know, they, they, I'm, di- I'm different, I'm different with them, because why? Because they're not mine. I treat them differently because they're not mine, and, and oftentimes, we, we can look at our life thinking it's ours, and you know what? Have you ever noticed that the things that are yours, you, you tend to almost not abuse, but you, you could take advantage of it a little bit. You don't mind if it gets a little, like, I don't mind if my kids go one day without showering sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I don't mind if, like, if it's my food, you know, if it doesn't need to be actually put on the plate right. But if I'm preparing food for someone else, you know, I want it to look like we do this every night, you know. Um, but, 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 but if we're not careful, we can look at our life thinking that it's yours. And when you think of it's yours, then you, you can do whatever you want with it. But, but. The scriptures, we just talked about it. The Bible teaches us that our lives are, are, are gifts from given to us by God. That everything you have has been given to you by God. And although it's silly to think of we were so sensitive with like the VHS tape and make sure they were rewound before we turned it back in, that one day you and I will give an account to God. We will give an account, like we had an account in Blockbuster, you know, blah, blah, blah. You, you will give an account to God for what he gave you. Now, 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 you need to hear me. This, we're not talking about salvation, okay? Jesus' death on his, his, his life, his perfect life, his beating, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, which sets him apart from every other major religion in the world, his resurrection gives us freedom in Christ. We're not talking about salvation. What I'm talking about, we talked about this last week, it's not about heaven one day, it's heaven now. Jesus is concerned with you having heaven now. And so for us to have a dream home, you must understand that everything that was given to you is from God. It's God's. 
And one day you'll stand and you're not saved by good works. You're saved for good works. That's, an in, that's different. That God cares about the good things you do with the stuff he gives you. He cares about how you treat your wife. He cares about how you treat your husband. He cares about what you do with your children. He cares about what you do with your money. Dramatic pause. He cares about what you do at work, what you do with your, your, your car, what you do with your health, your physical body. All those are gifts by God. C.S. Lewis, a famous uh, author, said this in Mere Christianity. He read this. He said, every faculty you have, your power of thinking, of moving your limbs from movement, from moment to moment, is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. It's a great way to put it, that there's nothing that we have in our hands that haven't been given to us by God. We understand dream home families, and he understood that we are stewards of everything. Now, what is a steward? Steward is simply a manager of the things that you have in your life. You're a manager. You're stewarding. You're doing something. The psalm says the earth is the Lord's and everything is in it. We have a DNA statement here at Rise Church. So if you call this your home, this is your DNA statement. If you say I'm your pastor and this is your place, this is where you feel like you're at home, this is your DNA. This, this is a non-negotiable for our church because this is a non-negotiable for God's kingdom. That, that we are owners of nothing, stewards of everything. Nothing. Nothing in the Greek means nothing. Nothing. Like some things, nothing. Like God is owner, he owns everything, all of the world and everything in it. Everything. We are owners of nothing and stewards of everything. We are called to steward well what God has given to us. And with that as our, as our truth statement, as our, as, our, as our heart sits with us, I want to share with you three things that stewards do, that caretakers do, that stewards do to to. to not just build a dream home, but to maintain it, to keep it. Because here's the worst thing. The worst thing in the world is you not getting the desires of your heart. Did you know that? The worst thing in the world is you getting the desires of your heart and then losing it in an instant. That's the worst thing. You have a taste of it, and then it's gone in a moment. God desires you to have your dream home and then keep it. This is how you do it. Number one is this. Great dream homes, great dream stewards, they renew. They renew daily. They, this is this. This is stewards keep things clean. Have you ever been to a home where you've been visited, you, you've been uh, invited into a home where it was not clean? Anybody? Everybody? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like you were invited over to somebody's house. They're like, come on over. And you went to their house and you're like walked in and you just felt like you got sick. Like, <laughs> do you even know what a broom is? Like, let me introduce you to Lysol. Let me show you what a vacuum is, you know, and you were wanting to be nice. You really were. You were wanting to be godly, but you like walked in and like this, you, you're like, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? Because it was dirty. Great stewards, great homes that are built on God recognize, right, remember, if it's God's, you take care of it. If it's God's, you keep it clean. If it's God's, you, 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 you care about the, 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 the condition of your house, you, you care about what's in it. You care about whether it's clean or dirty. David has a great statement in Psalm chapter 51. He says, create in me a clean heart. Everybody say clean. clean. Clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit that he cared about the condition, not whether or not he had a spirit, whether or not it was clean or dirty. 
like the, our, our bodies are, are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He cared about his home. Great stewards, great dream homes are filled with people who renew, who clean daily. Why do we do that? The purpose of cleaning, the purpose of renewing is always to allow it to fulfill its purpose. I find it interesting that when you get new flooring in your house, have you ever gotten new carpet? And we ever got new carpet we had to pay to get somebody to get? One of the things that the carpet layers always tell you is make sure you keep it clean. You want to know why they tell you to make sure you keep it clean? They don't care if it's clean. They don't sit on your carpet. They want it to last as long as it possibly can. They know that if the carpet's dirty, it actually breaks down easier, faster, quicker. It never fulfills its potential. Your, your clothes are the same way. You don't want to know why you should wash your clothes other than making sure people don't have watery eyes around you. The reason you know, because it actually promotes the longevity of your clothes. That's why I tell my kids, you need to change your underwear. Otherwise, it's going to disintegrate off of you. <laughs> Guys, y'all don't tell, you know what I'm saying? But like, the reason you clean is to fulfill its long-term purpose, its potential. The reason we clean our homes is to fulfill its potential. We should be constantly cleaning the things that come in and out of our home. With your kids... I always tell them when they come home from school, it's an interesting thing that we do. First thing they do, they have a routine. They come home. I say, hey, sons. And before I even touch them, hug them, say hi to them, tell them I love them, they go straight to the bathroom and they wash their hands. Because I don't know where they've been. They've been all over the place. They've been at school. I, I know exactly where they've been. I know why they need to wash their hands, you know? And they come in and they wash their hands. As best as, as much as a routine as I have, as we have, is having them stay clean in their physical bodies, you and I have a responsibility as stewards to make sure that their spirits are clean. What is it that they have picked up on at school? What is it that they've heard in class? What is it has they've heard from other friends? What have they seen from other classmates? What have they watched on TV when you weren't looking? What have they seen on Netflix when you, you weren't paying attention? What has, they, what has been put into their, their hearts that you need to go in and after the fact clean? And say, sorry, son, that, that's too dirty for this house. That's, that needs to be cleaned. I want to clean that out of you. Let me, let me renew your mind in that. And oftentimes you and I need to have conversations with our children. And it could be something that they saw, read, felt, heard you say. Sometimes you and I need to clean them from us. Because you and I are not perfect as parents. Could be that you need to allow to put them up. This is just a different type of cleaning, but uh, 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 equip them with a filter in their life. Equip them with, with the ability to filter themselves so that they can not just be clean, but stay clean. You know, one of the things you ever had like a water filter, you know, when you put water through the filter, the filter cleans out impurities. It keeps the impurities from, be, from, from settling into where, what you're ingesting. And, and what's interesting about that is, is that you in your life with your kids, can, and you should be giving them filters. You should be installing filters in their life, telling them what, what, here, hey, when you see that, don't allow that in your spirit. Hey, we don't look at those things. Hey, we don't see those things. It could be, hey, when you see those things, you don't, you don't take that in. That's not who we are. Sometimes it could be them repeating something they saw and by telling them, hey, if you see something that looks like this, this, and this, I'm not, I'm not always going to be able to keep you from that. But if you saw that, you need to have a spiritual filter, son, daughter, come on. 
where you are not allowing that into your spirit and bringing that home. You need to filter that out. You don't bring that home. Just because you saw someone else do it doesn't mean you should. Some of us, that's a word for you because you feel like either one, you think you can protect them from everything. You can't. And I know parents, I know family members, my own family, I know parts of my own family who grew up feeling like, hey, we're just going to keep all of our kids, you know them, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to keep them from life. We're not going to let them see movies. We're not going to let them see TV. We're not going to let them hang out with people. They're not going to go to the theater. They're not going to do all this stuff. And you think legalism and legalistic behavior and protection, which is really hoarding and keeping them from everything, is going to keep things from happening. And the problem is, is as soon as they get grown, and you ain't around no more to be mama bear and papa bear, and your wing is now gone, you didn't teach them how to filter. You were their filter, and now everything has been released into their life, and they get to college or they get out of high school, and they're no longer in your home, and they went crazy. And don't say it can't happen because you know it can happen. You saw it happen. And we need to, as parents, teach our kids to filter properly. That's a way you renew and clean your kids. So it could be that you don't stop telling, well, we don't do it, we, you, you, you're, you, we don't listen to this, or we don't do all that. That's part of it. It could be, hey, when you hear that and see that, you, that ain't us. Just so you know, that's them, but that ain't us. You don't let that in. Could be, that's a word for somebody. Spouse, it could be a way for you as, as, as a, I'll just say this specifically for husbands. You need to know this, that, that you will stand and give an account to God one day for your wife. I'm going to prove it to you. Because you'll be like, nah, uh I'll prove it to you. All right, here. Ephesians chapter 5. She's crazy. I know. She, she got to count for herself, all right? She got her own credit card. Number, uh, verse 25, uh, Ephesians 5. I'm going to read this, okay? This is, the, this is like, you know, every, you know, marriage, you know, uh, premarital counseling. You all heard this. But, but they stop at verse 25. I'm going to keep going. It's going to be interesting. So it says, starts, it says, for husbands... If you're a husband in here, just so you know, this is for you. Clarity. Okay, so um, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his uh, life up for it. And, and you know, we're going to talk a lot about marriage in February. I just so you, I hope you all are excited because I got to do a whole marriage series. It's going to be powerful. Guys are going to be mad. Women are going to be mad. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be we're all going to come to Jesus and ask for the Lord's forgiveness. All right. Verse 26, it says this. To make her holy, clean, washed. By the cleansing of God's word. And I met men who, who are like, Pastor, you don't know who I married. <laughs> like, I know that's the Bible, but like, let me just tell you, you ain't, you ain't know who I married. Uh, she's, I don't want to say she's crazy, but she's crazy. And, you know, she just don't do what I tell her to do, and she don't act the way I tell her to act, and she don't be doing places. She just, it's just bad. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I open up the Bible. And they don't ever like it when I open up the Bible. And I, I always, ref- so what you're saying is, she's not as clean as you want her to be. She, 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 she doesn't look the way you want her to look. She doesn't do the things you, you want her to do. She ain't the wife you want her to be. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, pastor, that's right. Tell me why I could tell her what part of the scriptures wives need. I want to show her. What's that? Like Proverbs 30, 30, 30, 39? Is there a 39? Like where was that Proverbs 39 woman? Like there ain't no 39, all right? So 
I take them to this scripture because, man, we need to know this, and I'm preaching to me more than I'm preaching to y'all. I promise you this, that everything we, we don't like in our wife is, is your fault. Because they are our responsibility. You and I stand before God, on, and she is, a, she is a reflection of the leadership. Uh, y'all ever watch, remember the Titans? Y'all remember the Titans? And he said, he said attitude reflect leadership. Coach, captain, whatever it was. I don't know how it ended, but I remember that part. Attitude reflect leadership. Very rarely, and at least in my history of churches, I've seen it where the lady has like truly lost it without a result of bad leadership. And that's a sobering thing to think of as a husband because my responsibility is to clean her. And oftentimes we make them dirty by our words, by our actions, by our spirits on them. I talked to a man one time and he said, he was asking, he's like, Pastor, I need to know what to do. I just keep telling her where she's wrong. And I said, you know, I know exactly what you should do. You should keep telling her where she's right. Keep telling her, tell her where she can be right. Where she's going to be. Speak to the woman she's going to be. That's how you wash her with the water of the word. Speak to the woman she's going to be. Women, speak to your husbands, not where they are. I promise you, we're just as frustrated as where we are as you are with us. And although the Bible says to clean your wives with the water of the word, it speaks to honoring your husband and lifting him up. Sometimes you're going to have to speak to the man of God he's supposed to be, not what he is right now. And oftentimes the distance, the, 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 the potential of me becoming that is based on what my wife has spoken to my life. We, we need to wash or clean with the water of the word. I got to get off of that because y'all got mad at me. Number two. Great uh, dream homes, they not just renew, they replace things. They replace things. Stewards know how to replace things that don't work anymore. I find it interesting that most people, all of a sudden, when they start something in their life, have you ever talked to someone and they're like, I don't know what to do. 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 Like, I did this, and then it doesn't work anymore. I, I, well, I'm stuck. And I was like, okay, God is the most creative thing in the universe, and he made you like him in, in his image and likeness. You are creative. Don't be lazy. Try something else. I, I know. Groundbreaking stuff from Pastor Aaron today. <laughs> but it could be that you just got, it could be you got lazy. Have you ever been to a, a house where the screen door was broken and it just swings back and forth and the net is out? And they'd like pin it back. And you're like, why don't you just get rid of that or put a new one on? They're like, ah, oh, man, I just leave it. It just works sometimes. Some of us, that's how we are in our life. Like with our kids, with our spouse. Where sometimes we just, we, just, we, don't, we just give up. Exodus chapter 35 says, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and all craftsmanship. He was speaking to those who were building the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. If you don't know anything about the Bible, those are important things. And so what God has given you and me is creativity, the ability to think and to see and to discern. And if you don't want to be insane, as Albert Einstein says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So, 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 so if you don't want to be crazy 
or drive yourself crazy, you could try something different. If God gave you the vision for something, he's going to give you the provision for it. And oftentimes it's just because you didn't think, you didn't think it through. You're going to have to take the screen door off of your front door, go down to Lowe's, buy a new one, count the cost, pay the price, go put a new one on so that you can have a better life. So with your kids, you know, I've, I've, with parents, you know, sometimes this can be frustrating where you're like, man, the way I used to do it worked and doesn't work anymore. And you're like, well, yeah, but they're, they're older. They've changed. It's different. You know, the devotions could have used to, you know, when you're kids, you know, they, you, you go to their, you know, their, their bed at night, and they're tucked all in and, you know, you, 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 you know, you tuck in the covers, you know, and you're just, you pray over them and, you know, and I don't do this every night. I should be because I'm a pastor, but you know, you're trying to love on them and sometimes you just want to throw them in the bed and close the door and don't, don't get up or I promise you, you will meet God quicker than you thought. But you're supposed to pray over them and stuff. And, uh, and, and, uh, but, but like, you know, that worked when they were four and five and ten. And then they became adult, like teenagers, and, or in their world, adult. And, and, and then like all of a sudden none of that works anymore. And you're like, well, we're just not doing devotions anymore. Because they're crazy and they don't listen. They're not even in bed at that time. They're stuck watching Netflix. <laughs> it could be that you just have to change the way. The, the principle is devotion, like connect. God to your kids. Connect God to your kids. So it could be like now you do it at the dinner table. It could be now you send them text messages of scriptures. It could be now you're calling them or you're taking them on a maybe a daddy-daughter date or, or you're, you're doing, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's creativity. It's, it's replacing what was, what used to work doesn't work anymore. It's broken. Now I'm going to replace something that was work. It now, now it works. Leadership, as a, uh, you need to know this, leadership is more of an art form than it ever is a science. You are leaders, and in an art form, you have to adjust and tweak, and what you did with this kid is not going to work with this kid, and what you do, it could be, what about your, your spouse? You know, when you remember, y'all remember when you first met each other? And like, you could do no wrong. You, you woke up, you, you know, you got married, and you looked into her eyes, and ha, oh, and now you, you look into her eyes, and it's ha, ah! <laughs> right? You're like, who are you? I didn't, I, what happened? You know, ladies, you're like the guy, you, you ladies wake up and you, you just, you kind of, you smell the, ah, and you're like, ah, shower, brush your teeth. And, and, and what you used to do to connect romantically, you know, and oftentimes, you know, when you're younger, it's more infatuation and your love, you know, you're, it's physically driven in so many ways just because that's who we are when we're younger, nothing else matters. And like, you're, you're just kind of connect. But now romantically, you might have to, what used to work doesn't work anymore. So now you have to try dates or you have to try text messages or you, you know, she used to love flowers. Now she hates flowers. Okay, we'll try something different. You know, she used to, well, I like to be told that she was beautiful. Now she says, stop telling me I'm beautiful. I don't want to hear that. You know, and you might have to help. You see what I'm saying? And if you're not careful, you can get lazy and, and stop replacing. Dream homes are filled with people who know how to replace. And the last one is this, is uh, remove. Stewards know how to remove things that don't belong. Uh, the other day, my wife sent me a picture. I wanted to show you guys this picture of this thing that entered our home. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but that's a scorpion. <laughs> and I didn't realize where I lived until I, op I saw this picture. And yes, I, I cried and I screamed, you know. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and I was not home, thank God, and she took care of it. <laughs> Sup. And uh, 
I'm a man and stuff, okay? But like, you know, she, she, I said, I, I told her the other day, I was like, what, what did you do with it? She said, well, let me just tell you. I grabbed it, and I took that thing out of our home. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, I was like, well, you know, weren't you afraid? She goes, yeah, but I, it does not belong. She said, Aaron, that doesn't belong in our house. And I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, oh, you know, great dream homes are built with people who identify things that could hurt you. Come on. Can I can see things that are, you do not belong here. It's not cleaning. That didn't need to be cleaned. I didn't need to replace it. It needed to be removed. It's the things that could hurt you, damage you, frustrate you, irritate you. There are some things that need to be removed, and great dream homes are built with people who steward well enough to go, that does not belong. Ephesians chapter 4 says, do not give the devil a foothold, a space, a place, a spot. Don't give the enemy a way. Don't let something in that shouldn't, that hurts you. There are some things in our homes right now you allow... For whatever reason, you could have a thousand reasons. Mama always did it. Dada always did it. My, my kids love it. Oh, I, that's not, it's not that bad. Oh, I know the Bible says it's not good, but that's okay. And you have all the excuses of why. Some things need to be removed. As Christians, we have to be careful of what we give our, ourselves audience to. Good stewards of homes say no way more than they say yes. So, like, there's some things in your kids. Like, there's some things your kids pick up. There's some things your kids could potentially see. There's some just things. Okay, look, don't get mad at me. I'm just going to help you with some things. I'm not a legalistic person, but there are some things that you should probably not have in your home. There's some things that should not be uh, allowed in your home. I'm not going to tell you what those are. You look at the scriptures. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. You go back, look at the scriptures, you'll find out. Look, you got to be kind of crazy to not see some of those things. But I'll just give you a couple examples, okay? There's some things that you should not be seeing in your home on the screens. I'll give you, can I give you a little, this is just something, I'm not saying to do this. This is not prescriptive, this is just descriptive of my life. It's helped us. We don't have a TV in our, our room. And I, I'm not saying you don't need to have a TV in your room. Okay, I'm just saying, we don't have a TV in our room. We made a conscious decision together, Erica and I, for us to not have a TV in our room. Why? Because we wanted our room, our home, our room, our, our room to be a special place. Not just physically, don't, that's not where I'm going. But like, I, we wanted it to be spiritually clean. I, 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 all I, could, I don't know where to say it. It's helped us know that when we walk into that room, everything else is tomorrow. 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 There's some things we removed, come on, not just out of our home, but out of our room that, that helped us create a dream scenario. Guys, you know what I'm saying? All right, so anyway, dream scenario for our room. It, it could be something that you don't say yes to. It's something you say no to, is all I'm saying. It could be people you allow in our, your home. There's some people you let in your home just because they're family or friends that you think is a great idea. You need to know this. Your kids are seeing that. Your kids are feeling that. Your wife is feeling that. How does your wife feel about that? You know, one of the things I teach, I tell young married couples all the time, especially guys, that, hey, make sure your wife knows if you're bringing someone over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the classic mistake. It's easy. 
Well, listen, Pastor, I just tell my wife what it is. Listen, woman, I'm bringing someone. Okay, we well, ain't going to have one very long. That's fine. You're going to bring that friends all day long because that's all you're going to have pretty soon. It's, it's a, be careful who you're letting in your home. Be careful who you're allowing in your. It doesn't just. It could be just a, like it could be family. There could be just because they're family don't mean they have easy access to your life. It could be a spirit. You know, I tell my kids all the time. Sometimes my kids. I don't know if you know that. If you recognize when your kids come home from school sometimes, and them like, you are not my son. That ain't you. And I'll I'll reckon I'll check them. Hold on. Stop. Stop. That's not you. Where did you learn that? Who told you that? That's not you. That don't belong in this house. Yes, Daddy. Some of us need to be able to walk that out, cover our wives, cover our houses, cover our... There's a spirit of a dream house is what I'm teaching you. There's a spirit. If you get the spirit right, all the other stuff works itself out. This is a teach you to fish message, right? I'm not an expert. That's the rules of the series. I'm not an expert. I'm not ca- talking like I got this all figured out. This is all stuff. I've, I'm like, oh, God, I got some stuff to work on this week. But, but at the same time, these are godly biblical principles. I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive to you and your family and your traditions and the ways you did things. I'm trying to convince you to try a different way. Great, great, great dream homes are built by people who renew they, they replace and they remove. They renew, they replace, and they remove. My prayer is for that you today could go home and start to figure out where you're going to do and implement some of those things.